Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. We're closing out the week with some more interesting news, and the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference ended this week, and Sean did a really thorough write-up of some of the insights from some of the top medtech companies that were presenting at the conference this week. So, Sean, can you tell us a little bit about what your findings were from some of those presentations at J.P. Morgan and, you know, just some of the insights that were given? Yeah, well, the roundup sort of looks at really highlights from five different companies that sort of had some of the most intriguing storylines come out of the conference. We listened in on a couple of the presentations from Medtronic and Shockwave, checked out some of the transcripts from the presentations from Abbott and Johnson & Johnson, as well as spoke with Dexcom on the side about one of their announcements during their presentation. So just a lot of interesting different bits of news, a lot of reports on growth initiatives, new products, all sorts of things. So really exciting news. I feel like JP Morgan kind of delivers in that regard every year. And yeah, I recommend going to Mass Device and getting the lowdown on some of the biggest bits that we thought were important from the last week. I think some of the interesting notes from those presentations was just the focus on growth in the new year. I mean, in 2023, we heard a lot about restructuring and some companies closing and layoffs and such. So it's good to see companies on the upward trajectory and optimistic about how they're going to grow. We will link to this article in the show notes, which we will share the link to the show notes at the end of the episode, as we always do. But before we get to all of that, we have some other news that you should know for today. So, Sean, what are we going to talk about today? That's right. Today, we'll talk about a fundraise for a dental robotics company, new studies for a non-invasive neurostimulation technology, positive data supporting a Smith & Nephew implant, a new initiative to revolutionize brain-computer interfaces, and layoffs at a leading spinal cord stimulation technology maker. So we talk a lot about surgical robotics on this podcast, but I don't think we've talked about dental robotics so far, so why don't we start there? Yeah, dental robotics company Neosis raised $20 million, more funding for the company's innovative Yomi surgical robot for dental implants. A lot of people have a phobia of going to the dentist. So can you tell us a little bit about what this dental robot does? You can count me among them. I don't know if this robot would make a difference, but Yomi is a computerized robotic navigational system that assists in the preoperative and intraoperative phases of dental implantation surgery. Yomi provides software for planning procedures and offers robotic navigational guidance for surgical instruments during procedures. So it sounds like it benefits the dentist a lot more. Hasn't been used in any procedures yet? To date, Neosis reports more than 40,000 implants placed with robotic assistance through Yomi. With a funding raise like this, executives must be excited. How are they feeling about the future of the company in this robot? They're definitely excited. Alan Moses, the Neosis co-founder and CEO, said the funding is a testament to the company's growth and positions it for continued success in the market and will help drive meaningful innovation in implant dentistry. Now let's jump to the NeuroStim news. Brainsway initiated two new studies of non-invasive neurostimulation technology. It's a really interesting space, non-invasive NeuroStim, and Brainsway is definitely one of the companies making a lot of progress there. What does Brainsway want to assess in these studies? 
So both studies involve Brainsway's patented rotational field TMS or deep TMS 360. Company's transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS method of stimulation enables the activation of more neurons in the brain. So in these studies, Brainsway wants to look at the potential clinical impact of the technology. One tests the safety and efficacy in the field of rehabilitation post-stroke, and the other looks at obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD with an accelerated protocol. How does Brainway's system work? So with the new rotational field system that's under evaluation, two orthogonal TMS coils are placed perpendicular to one another and operated with a time lag, and they induce a circulatory rotating electric field that results in uniform stimulation of neurons oriented along a wide variety of directions in the targeted brain region. All of this takes place within less than a millisecond. What's our next news story? The new study has backed Smith & Nephew's Regenitin bioinductive rotator cuff implant. This implant proved better than the standard of care in the latest research. And what is that bioinductive rotor cuff implant? So Regenitin provides a patient-centric treatment supporting the body's natural healing process, in this case, in rotator cuff tears. The aim is for the collagen-based implant to change the course of tear progression aid return to normal activity, and reduce re-tears compared to conventional surgery. What was one of the data points in this study that stuck out to you? Well, in a trial of 124 patients, results included a significantly lower retear rate, and that seemed to be the goal, and that certainly stuck out to me as the most important thing. 8.3% retear with Regenitin against 25.8% with the standard of care. That's obviously a, a massive discrepancy. And the implant also had a three times lower risk of retear and no difference in the number of serious or minor complications. And now we have some BCI news. Yeah, InBrain Neuroelectronics is leading a project to revolutionize the BCI landscape. We obviously talk about BCIs quite a bit. So hearing a company plans to revolutionize the space while it's admittedly still in its infancy is quite interesting. What are some of the company's plans? Well, the company partnered with the Catalan Institute of Nanoscience and Nanotechnology for a project aimed at addressing the limitations currently faced by BCIs as researchers are looking to bring the technology from the lab to commercial settings. So InBrain wants the project to mature a novel type of graphene-based transistor. Already validated in preclinical settings, this graphene-based transistor offers multiplexing capabilities and sensitivity across frequencies and requires fewer wires, minimizing invasiveness and allowing integration into ultra-soft flexible substrates. The project hopes to pave the way for clinical translation, which involves scaling up microfabrication and developing human-compliant readout electronics, and could also lead to a safety assessment and comprehensive plan for clinical trials. How does the company plan to address some of those BCI limitations that you mentioned? Effectively, they believe that this could be sort of the next step in BCI technology, but also provide a strategic business model for entering the BCI market with a two-stage product rollout, beginning with neural, pre-surgical, and intraoperative acute brain mapping, with the second stage aiming to advance toward chronic BCIs with ultra-high resolution decoding capabilities, targeting areas in neurology like Parkinson's, epilepsy, and stroke. And so can you tell us a little bit about InBrain's BCI in particular? I know we have covered BCI frequently on this podcast, and we did in our end-of-year wrap-up, but what is InBrain doing? So this graphene material that's involved in the project is sort of the heart of InBrain's technology. It 
Currently, it's under development as an adjunct of therapy for treating Parkinson's. The company received FDA breakthrough device designation for this. It's an intelligent network modulation system that uses graphene, which combines electrical and mechanical properties in a material that the company says is stronger than steel, despite being thin film, if you will. So this semiconductor-derived technology could decode and modulate brain activity, uses AI to trigger adaptive responses for personalized neurological treatment, and in addition to Parkinson's, the company is looking at epilepsy and speech impairment as potential target areas. I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll talk about in-brain. What's our final news story? Final news story is that despite, as you mentioned, sort of the 2023's theme of restructuring and layoffs and what seems to be a push for growth, there are more layoffs in medtech. Uh, Nevro has announced some layoffs at their company. Uh, obviously, they've slowed since the peak, but unfortunately continue to come. How many people are being laid off and... What reason did the company give for these layoffs? So Nevro is letting go of about 5% of its workforce, which equals 63 employees. As part of a restructuring effort, it expects to complete those layoffs by the end of the first quarter. And CEO Kevin Thornall said it supports the company's strategy and allows it to focus investments to further position Nevro for long-term growth and profitability. Now, that sounds basically like what other companies said last year when we were talking more about layoffs. But how does Nevro expect to perform financially after all of this restructuring takes place? Nevro said the restructuring will have a $14 million to $15 million positive impact on its full year 2024 adjusted earnings. The company expects the positive impact to actually be offset by normal operating expense increases, but obviously... $14 $14 million, $15 million is no, no small amount. So that's clearly a step in the right direction in terms of working toward profitability by cutting costs. What did analysts think about these layoffs? Truist analysts think that the restructuring should improve Nevro's operational leverage, but they are still saying that there's sluggish growth in spinal cord stimulation, and they continue to see downside risk as limited for Nevro given the low expectations, but the stock is still a show me story, they called it, moving into the next year. And that was the final news story that we had for today. So thank you, Sean, for bringing us your insights on this daily news and also your insights from the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us next week for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.